Hello, everyone. Welcome to Fearfully and Wonderfully Me, a podcast designed to help you become the leader you are destined to be. Today's episode is on, um, a, a, well, loosely based on a project that I've been working on. Um, I'm working on a new book, um, and I've been this this book has just sort of been marinating for a while. It's probably been marinating for maybe a year, year and a half, maybe. And you know, I it, it's interesting because I've. I've kind of had this book just marinating uh, on my brain for a while, and I've kind of had a, a little loose outline that every time I capture a thought, I want to add to it, and I'll pull up the outline, you know, jot down my thought, and then, you know, close it and put it away, because I've been telling myself um, for several months, I've been telling myself, you know what, I'm going to write this book, but I need I need some downtime to do it. I need some downtime to do it. And I realized... Um, it's been a couple of weeks ago. Mac and I were doing a, um, we were, were speaking down in Albany, Georgia. And we were, part of our speaking is we often teach um, on a, what we call a round table or a book study, which is a, a very incredibly useful tool that a lot of great organizations use to develop the people in the organization. Because you can't really grow an organization unless you develop the people in the organization. And so a lot of our clients ask us, well, how do we develop the people in the organization? And the, the book study is a fabulous way to do it. You get a group of, um, you know, six to 10, four to 10 people even. Um, you know, you, you pick a book. It doesn't have to be one of my books or Max books, but we write our books with very small three page chapters, uh, because they're very useful for book studies that way and, and small manageable chapters, but you could pick any book and, you know, you just sit around the table, take a couple of minutes, um, reading the paragraphs together, take turns reading. And as you read, you underline, you know, a key point that, that resonates with you. And then you take one minute and each person shares a takeaway, why that was relevant. And the key to that process being so powerful for growth and development is that we want to share an example of what resonated with us and why we're not good at it. And what I mean by that is, um, you know, for example, if I'm sharing, um, man, this quote really resonated with me because I realized I'm not good at that. And here's an example of why. It might be a lesson on listening, for example. No, well, nobody wants to hear that I'm the best listener in the world and I'm not. But but I don't want to say, oh man, that was a great quote on listening because I'm a great listener. Nobody finds value in me patting myself on the back and giving myself a 10 um, when it comes to that where the power of this process comes in is me saying, man, that was a great quote on listening. And here's why I still struggle at times with listening. I get it right a, a lot of times, but just the other day, Mac came in to say something and I didn't put my phone down and turn and look at him as we were talking. Right? So when I share that, that little example of where I didn't get it right, then the other people in the room are thinking, oh, how does that apply to me? Do I catch myself doing that sometimes? It's an incredibly simple process, and, and I'm not really getting into the details of it on this podcast. That would be a total podcast in and of itself. But, but anyway... Um, so we were doing some tr leadership training in an organization and we were walking them through how to do the book study process. And I was leading an example um, of the book study. And uh, the chapter, we were using my book Achieve um, and a chapter from Achieve 
on that. And it, it was almost like an epiphany I had as I was sharing a quote or a, a section of the book that really spoke to me. I realized that I've been wanting to write this book for several, several months. And I've been just telling myself and even telling some other people that I haven't had time to write it because we're so busy speaking and traveling. Now, we have been busy speaking and traveling. We've been incredibly um, blessed. It's been a busy spring already. I think we've been in, um, gosh, uh, we've been to Canada. We've been to Boston. We've been to um, Ohio. We've been to Indianapolis. Um, we've been all, I'm, I'm sure I'm missing a few. And there's so there's no doubt we've been traveling a lot and, and speaking a lot and very blessed. And but here's what's also true. I keep using that as an excuse. And so anyway, when I had that kind of that just aha moment the other day, I'm like, you know what? I just have to figure out a way to keep writing it with a busy schedule uh, because life is busy and we I, I know I am very good at creating excuses sometimes of why I haven't done something or can't do something, but really pretty much we can figure out how to do it if we are just determined enough to do it. And if you listen to the um, podcast in the last couple of weeks, I did one on determination and one on um, saying yes to the right things and saying no to the wrong things, the time trade-off. So that hit me. And so this week I thought, you know what, I'm going to sit down and work on this outline and that'll be my big project for this week. And then I will just write maybe a chapter every day or every other day. You know, that's not, that's not too much. I don't feel like I have to write the whole book this weekend, but if I just write, let's just say one chapter a day, that's, I'll have the whole book written in a month. If I write one chapter every other day, I'll have the whole book written in 60 days, two months, right? And so this is, uh, well, as I'm recording this, this is about the middle of March. I, I literally could have this book ready to go by spring. And so I just, I had that aha moment of quit making the excuse. And so anyway, so I was super excited this week um, to, to sit down with my outline, bring it back up and and start working on it and polishing it up. And and as I was doing that, I went back and I looked at the material I'd already created for this outline. And then I thought, you know what? I want to do a podcast episode on this because this is when I when I look back at my personal transformation, I I can just I can break down my journey in in about 7 what I call the seven elements of, of transformation. When I look at where I was at 19, you know, leaving home at 19 with, uh, you know, a couple of duffel bags or pillowcases stuffed with clothes. I didn't have any money. I didn't have a, a job. I'd never been to school. I'd been homeschooled my whole life. I had no experience um, and no clue, no idea, no confidence, no sense of self-worth. And when I look back at me, at that, that girl then and who I've become, it is an incredible transformation. It's an incredible transformation personally in becoming confident and, you know, confident in who I am, my self-confidence, confidence in my skills and abilities and confident in how I can help others. But that's a, that's a huge transformation 
from where I was at 19 to where I am now. And I've talked about my journey in, in several of my books and podcasts. But when I look at that journey, I can break down how I walked through that transformation. And this, I think, is applicable to almost every one of us. See, I know something about you. You're listening to this podcast because you are not happy with status quo. If you were completely satisfied with status quo, you wouldn't be listening to a podcast on personal growth and leadership, right? You you wouldn't. You wouldn't have any interest in it. So I know just by the fact that you are listening to this podcast episode, you want more. And there's nothing wrong with that. There is absolutely nothing wrong with that because every single one of us as human beings were created for more. We were created for a purpose. God created us as, as miracles. That's the whole concept behind fearfully and wonderfully me. I think we have to embrace that we are perfectly imperfect. And then I think we have to be committed to reaching our potential because it's it's not going to happen by accident, but we have to we have to show up and, and grab hold of that potential and develop it and commit to it. But I think the foundation of that is we have to we have to number one, we have to have self-belief. And that's the first element of transformation or personal growth. We have to absolutely believe in our ourself that we have potential. And we have to, we have to believe that number one, I am proactive and I am responsible. Not that we can control everything that happens in life, but we are responsible for what we do about it. We choose our future in the present. And so I think that that's, that's fundamental. I know that was fundamental for me. I know that's fundamental for the, the groups that I speak for and, and the girls that I speak um, and work with who've been rescued from uh, sex trafficking. You know, we have to have self-belief. That means I am responsible. I, I am responsible, not anybody else. I cannot blame or wait around for anyone else to fix things because it might not ever happen. So that's fundamental. We have to believe, number one, I am responsible for how I respond to whatever's going on. I am responsible. And number two, I can change whatever it is. Now, here's the thing. We have to believe that, but it has to be, um, it, it absolutely has to be true. I mean, for example, you know, if you're, if you are physically, um, physically unable to do something let's say your your dream is to be a star nba basketball player and you are four foot and five inches tall and that's just a fact of life right that's not something you really can change that's just a fact of life but most things that we want to accomplish or we want to do we can change most things um now it might not be easy but i think that's a fundamental part of self-belief is believing not only am i responsible for doing something but that i can do something now here's the thing don't get stuck on what you cannot do if you are physically too short to be a, a nba player and i don't know that that's that's true or not but it's just the example that comes to mind then focus on what you can do Focus on what you can do. Don't get stuck about the things you cannot change. You can't change them. 
right? You cannot change those things. Don't get stuck or don't miss what you can do because you get stuck on what you cannot do. So write down, I can change and then blank and whatever it is that you need to change or want to change or can change. You're writing your own future, really. And I think that's a fundamental part of self-belief is rejecting the image we are given by others and we are writing our own. We are saying that I refuse to be judged for something that I didn't get to control. Don't focus on those things. Focus on what you can control. I like to say, love who you are because that births who you can become. There's no point in dwelling on the things you cannot change. So self-belief, I think that's the foundation. And then second um, layer, and I, I kind of think of these these seven elements as um, layers in a pyramid, and, and maybe that's not the best way or best analogy, but it's kind of what comes to my mind as I visualize this. So self-belief is the bottom layer. The second layer is self-worth, and that means I am fearfully and wonderfully me. I'm not perfect, but I'm perfectly imperfect. Um, Brendan Manning calls this a bundle of paradoxes because we are human, yet we're made in the image of God. Now, God doesn't create mistakes, only miracles, but we know we're not perfect. But you know what? Here's the thing. We call when babies are born, we call them a miracle. We as people don't become any more less miraculous as we age. We just find out, find out that we are perfectly imperfect. We are not perfect. We do make mistakes. We do have flaws. We are human, but we are created in the image of God. And that is, that is fearful and wonderful in the biblical sense. And that comes down to not, not proving our self-worth through achievement or how we look or what we do or what we've accomplished. Our self-worth is based on that belief that we have value in and, our, in and of ourselves. Our value isn't determined by what other people think of us or see of us or the role that we play in our life. And the second part of that is I think we, we create our own identity. You know, self-worth is not built by external drivers. They don't, external factors don't create a sense of self-worth. That's why you see so many people who are wealthy or famous or famous movie stars and they are unhappy. They don't have any self-worth. They're empty inside because external factors, wealth, fame, fortune, those don't create a sense of self-worth. And so that's key. That's critical to understand because self-worth leads to the next layer, which is self-love. I love myself and I am enough. I love myself, I love my potential, and, and I don't have to be perfect, just improving, right? Every single choice we make is an opportunity to become more, to step into more. And every moment is that choice, that opportunity. We're not always gonna get it right, but we, as long as we're making progress, we're moving forward. But to do that, we have to love ourselves and we have to love our potential, the potential to fulfill our purpose, whatever that is, whatever your gift is or what you're called to do. And that's different for everyone. You might be called to be a mother of one. Be the best at that that you can be because that's if that's your purpose and calling, it's not any lesser than running a multi-million dollar company, right? 
self-love and self-loving, loving self and loving potential because that leads to self-respect. Self-respect means that, um, number one, I choke, I choose to focus on improving myself. I think, and I know for a long time, I always thought that if I could fix everybody around me, I wouldn't have any problems. And that's just not true. We can't change others. We can only influence them by the example we set. So number one, I have to, to focus on improving myself instead of improving everybody else around me. And so that means I choose values for myself. That's a big part of self-respect is I decide what's most important to me. What are the top two values that you live by? I mean, if, if, if someone had to sit you down and say, what are the two most important characteristics that define you? What would they be? And I've challenged, um, I've probably challenged you on the podcast before to to think about that, but, but it's really powerful when you start down listing all the positive attributes you like to be known for that list can be, be pretty long, but, but what if you can only choose two, which two would they be? And I've done this myself. It's it's terribly painful because you're like, oh, I want to have um, integrity as a value, so I'm going to write that down, and I want to have um, you know self-discipline as a value. Um, I want to be disciplined. I want to have integrity. Um, I want to care for others. I want to love people. I want to practice joy. And so you write down all of these good attributes, and that's great. And then you're like, oh, I've got to get rid of all of them, but two. What are the top two values that I live by? And are they the right ones for you? And and here's the thing. How are you living them in your life? Behavior is an expression of emotion. So self-respect, choosing values for yourselves, and then living out those values, setting boundaries for your relationships based on those values. Because self-respect leads to self-care. And um, self-care is self-discipline. It's the choices that we intentionally make around our physical health and wellness, our mental, emotional growth, our spiritual balance, and then relationships with other people, relational support, right? Those choices that we make in each of those dimensions determine a lot of our influence with other people. Um, But that's a big part of self-care is I have the discipline uh, I have the intention to choose and then I have the discipline to carry out those decisions. Positive habits, right? Positive habits. Exercising is a positive habit. Um, but, but can you say that it's a habit? Do you have the habit of exercise? We know it's good for us in so many ways. Helps us be more productive, helps us be more healthy. But is this a habit that you have in your life? And if not, how can you create it? We can intentionally create habits that serve us well, and we can intentionally um, recreate habits that do not serve us well, but it does take time and effort. And uh, we could probably talk a whole episode on habits and uh, drill down into that a lot too. But but self-care leads to self-development because if I care for myself, then I'm gonna develop myself because that's gonna help me reach my potential. So when it comes to self-development, there are two components there. There is development of character and development of competency, right? Because character is who I am, characteristics. Competency is what I know how to do. Let me just tell you, spend more time developing character, 
competency is important, right? Your skill set is critical. It's important. You need to know how to do those things. But how you do them is what determines your success. I think it's Henry Cloud that says character is the ability to meet the demands of reality. So, yeah, developing our character is not something we think about, but we need to because it determines most of our success. So self-development, it's so important. Personal growth, I preach it all the time, but but it's so powerful because self-development is what helps us lead to self-realization, right? We cannot reach our potential if we don't develop ourselves. It's just, it's just a fact. Jim Hollis says, we are here to become more and more ourselves. So what does that mean? It means you have to develop yourself, character and competency in order to get to self-realization. Um, and when it comes to self-realization, there are two parts to that. I think that number one, we have to get to success before we can move to self-realization, but then we can choose to become significant. And that means helping someone else on the journey too. Um, Ruth Tucker says, what we leave behind when we die is a legacy footprint. So I want to just ask you right now, what is your legacy footprint? What does it look like today? What would you leave behind today? And I don't mean material wealth or possessions. I mean, what would your legacy be in the life of someone else? Because that's what you, that's what matters. That's what matters when you leave behind that in some, someone else. When you've been able to develop someone, inspire someone or help someone, that's what, that's what's important. That's significance in the life of someone else. That's more than just success for me. That's significance for we. That's making an impact. It doesn't have to be big. It just has to, to make, to matter that we made a difference because that's what, that's what people remember us for. Not how much money we leave behind, but what we've done in the life of someone else. So there you have it. Those are my my seven elements of, of personal growth and transformation. And, you know, I'm still working on this and still fleshing that out as I write the book. Um, a lot of times as I get a little further into the book, I'm able to um, think through those elements a little bit deeper. And so some of that may um, may happen as I go. But, but it's one of the reasons I love writing books is because it really, you know, makes me sit down and think about this and think about that. And how can I explain this in a way that it makes sense to you, the listener, or you, the reader, and you can implement this in your life because I know you want to get better. I know you're interested in personal growth. I know you want to, you know, it's like Michael Josephson said, we don't have to be sick to get better. There's nothing wrong with you, but I know you want to get better. That's why you're listening. It's why you're reading books and listening to podcasts. So that's what I really like to do when I write a book is I want to be able to, to take the success that I've had and translate it so that someone else can implement it in their life. Until next. Start increasing your influence and maximizing your potential with Rhea's audiobooks. Available at audible.com, amazon.com, and iBooks. Please visit RiaStory.com to learn about Ria's books, resources, speaking, and training programs. Thanks for listening.